You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and hello, hello for another Articon. Well, not Articon really, but we are at Articon, but a Kylie's Round the World SBG Tour recap. And I'll tell you what, I am sweaty as anything. These last three games at the Articon Masters were absolutely brutal. They have crushed my soul. In fact, I was so nervous in some of these games that my hands were shaking so much that I was knocking models over simply by picking them up. Not even moving them, picking them up. And there was two or three times when I was just like, I, I just need to calm down and, and couldn't. Um, so yeah, I, I, I need to get into these games because these were absolutely amazing, uh, phenomenally amazing. Uh, aside from the waking up and feeling like I was going to throw up from the nervousness I was feeling at the Masters, uh, game one I had drawn Kevin from the Netherlands and he's, he's one of their top players. One, I, I would honestly say one of the best players at the tournament. He was playing the Dragon Emperor Legion and he was doing a really interesting build. Lots of Acolytes, but only Brokey and a Captain No Rutabi or Dragonite, which I thought was really interesting. But it actually worked out quite well in his favour because he got a lot of models on top of it. Our mission, Reconnoiter. And I knew in the moment I heard the draw, and he, he was saying to me, I think I'm I'm at a disadvantage. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself in my head, only six models down in Mob Canada. I had 42 in my army, he had 36. And you have a drum. And yes, I can keep pace with some of my army with the bats, wax, and spiders, oh my. But we're essentially on even footing in terms of mobility. So it would be really interesting to see. Unfortunately for me, I rolled really poorly uh, to bring my warbands on. And luckily I had the presence of mind to spend the might. This was a critical moment by me, was to spend the might to come onto the board on the first turn. Otherwise, the engagements would have been five inches less. And that, honestly, that would have cost me the game. I did get the win, but as you will hear, this game should not have gone my way. This was an absolute ripper. I thought I played the early game really well. I spread out to the very sides of the board, creating a void in the middle, and then caught a heroic march and ducked all my cavalry straight through the center of the board and ran for the board edge. But what that did was left his rear guard open, and Kevin smartly did a great macro decision here. He pulled his drum back and drummed up the board. And this was this was the moment where the game turned. Up until this point, I was getting kills and shooting. I had an amazing round of combat where I killed nine models to Kevin's two, which was absolutely unheard of. The only model that got a kill for Kevin in this round was the Dragon Emperor. And Musgar and his group were absolutely kicking ass. They had gone into nine pikemen and killed six like this this was a bloody turn and was heavily in my favor and kevin i could see it on his face he was he was a bit concerned a bit worried so i'm like kevin you know what we got time we got over an hour left you take two minutes i'm gonna step away because you need it you need some and kevin did just that he took a step back looked at the table as a whole and that is when his counter attack began he started to absolutely demoralize my positioning now i thought i was doing really well really uh, had really good positioning. But Kevin did these really small little advantages that ended up creating a really big advantage. Eventually, he thinned out my goblin line enough 
that he was able to get a cheeky heroic combat off with the Emperor and dismount. Now, you might think, why would you get rid of the banner and the fight value buff? Well, what this meant was that he got an extra six models on the table, which means it was harder for me to quarter him to end the game. And specifically, the gap he opened up with the Emperor allowed him to make a beeline for the board edge. And that was what truly opened up this game. I was now scrambling to pin models, get models into combat. And although my spells were doing fairly well at pinning down the Emperor and uh, some of his other models, I was starting to feel the bite. And eventually I got to around 18, 19 models of mine dead. And Kevin was starting to get models off the board. He was dangerously close to getting models. He knew not to take more than nine models off the board because obviously if you take more than a quarter of your army, I can then just run my remaining goblins off. And with the fury up, it was going to be very hard for Kevin to be able to, you know, actually end the game because you know horde of goblins running off the board it's going to end in my favor but he wisely only ran eight models off and was able to hold me to seven he had one model up on me but i had broken him without being broken and this is where the last rounds of combat were absolutely nail biting on the last turn i had a hero goblin prowler run up take some shots in the emperor hit and the goblin prowler struck home got the wound through wounded the Emperor and scored myself a victory point from the Emperor flopping his fate. Now the Emperor could have spent the might point but he wisely kept it because next turn he needed that might point to make sure he could heroic move, get the global stand fast and so he could run the remaining eight model, the remaining four models he needed to get to the eight. So in the end, clutch game, clutch throwing weapon for me and luckily Kevin didn't get the break because at the very end I was two models away from breaking. Any one model had a gone, any couple of models here and there and I had trackers in combat. Models dying was a fairly certain thing to happen and luckily I won a lot of the combats. Kevin's rolling just wasn't quite up to snuff to just beat me and I think this was one of those games where I felt like I played really well early but just couldn't close out properly and I'm definitely going to be looking at this game and thinking how can I improve my late game because Kevin absolutely outplayed me in the late game and honestly I felt he deserved the win in this game more than I did but Luckily for me, luck was on my side, and my rice running was just that little bit better than his towards the end of the game, and I managed to snag a 4-3 win in Reconnoiter. Moving into game two now, this one was a little bit of a blowout. It was a bit, bit unfair. We had capture and control, and I was up against Iron Hills. Now, as you all know, Iron Hills really, really struggle in Reconnoiter. Uh, sorry, in, uh, against, sorry, against Salt on Lothlorien. Their numbers disadvantage, he only had 28 models. He did have more might than me, but he had to play aggressive early, and he knew that. My opponent knew that. He wisely uh, deployed right on two of the objectives on the center line, kept the back one uh, sort of under his control, but more using the ballista to deny me any, any attempt at going at it. But more importantly, uh, deny me any real chance of making a pressure, at least this early into the game. Obviously, the Ballista can't shoot a model if it's within two inches of the Dwarf. So I was able to use those to my advantage, but it did mean my back objectives were open and vulnerable to some shots from the Ballista. But this is where the game takes a turn for the worst for my opponent. Alessandro did his best. He charged in, called mass heroic combats, tried to force the issue, but unfortunately, the Bats and Spies were too much. Musgar was able to call a heroic combat, clear a hole on the flank, allowing a bat, uh, spider to get 
behind. The bats, one of which enraged, ran into the spearmen behind, and with the two on ones in the front rank, I was able to overwhelm the dwarves with three dice to one dice and kill nine Iron Hill dwarves just for the cost of two prowlers and a and a war grinder, which was not a good trade on Alessandro. And basically he he once he saw that, once he saw that, his face dropped down. The ballista couldn't hit, unfortunately. Well no, sorry, I lied. It could hit, it couldn't wound. Threes to wound and he's rolling ones and twos, which was a little sad. So eventually I was able to blow this game out. And what should have been a really fun, engaging and quick game quickly just turned insane. I got a very rude throwing weapon kill on a dwarf that was standing right next to Dane, and that one kill on that one dwarf that was guarding uh, Dane's side was what was allowed me to get a bat and enraged spider into combat with Dane that turn. And I, I remember when I got that throwing weapon kill, he looked at it and went, he just shook his head. And sometimes you just have to roll with the punches. And he rolled with them absolutely beautifully. I cannot commend a better sport in this game. He knew what he was up against. He tried his best. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, I did manage to walk away with a massive whopping 12 zip. Now, going into the last game, it was unclear uh, whether I had the tournament a lock or not. I had assumed I hadn't. I knew that if I got the six wins, no one else was on five, I could secure this tournament. So going in the sixth game, I was running back the same army that I played in round four, yes, uh, round two yesterday. That's right, I was up against another Easterling Dragon Emperor. Yes, that's right. I didn't have to play one. I didn't have to play two. I have to play three of these pesky pesky models in one sitting at this tournament and this was a bit of a banger michael uh, uh we ha were playing uh, a maelstrom missions uh if for those of you keeping at home whole ground was the mission and i had the option to bring the emperor right on next to my whole army but i was kind of out of position not terribly out of position but not enough to basically take a dragon emperor straight to the face so I allowed him to play on the other side of the board, which would give him the inside track since he had the drum and the ability to get there quickly. And Rotabi and Brogi with the Emperor ran to the middle. Now, this is where I really, really thank my lucky star. I brought the captain into this list. The captain did so much for me here. You know, he marched the army, got me just close enough that I could start sneaking models onto the edge. And then we just started to fight it out. I tried to draw uh, Michael's forces into a big of an engagement as I can, as wide of an engagement as I can, because what I wanted to do was proc that plus one to wound as often as possible, and that was key to my strategy in this game. Draw out the Easterlings, bring them into these uh, combats, and deny them the ability to fight in a choke. Deny this small corner, deny the pikes, make them fight one-on-ones, two-on-twos, and try and win from there. And my plan worked pretty well. I took some early losses, particularly to this pesky acolyte that kept killing all my spiders. Even the enraged ones, he killed three spiders at the end, by the end of the game. It ended up taking a bat swarm and a bunch of prowlers to take this one pesky acolyte down. But I still was able to keep all this pressure going, pulling out, pulling out, and then when the models started to get low, they both started to break, I was able to move in, fully surround the army, and then break the camel's back. Uh, Michael did correctly identify that he did need to dismount, but he made two mistakes this game. One, he didn't close off his side, uh, uh, his flank, and um, make the choke point, like, kind of like redefine the choke point, and two, he he said by his own admission that he dismounted the emperor one turn too early 
And I kind of agree with him. If he had just waited one more turn, he would have had those fight value and rerolls, which would have made a big difference in the previous turn. And I actually think he might have been able to maybe either significantly limit the win or possibly even pull a draw or a win out of it. It was that close um, on that second to last turn. But fortunately for me, that, that last turn where he didn't have the Emperor, for those two turns, I was able to grind out a couple more kills, get a few more hits in, and get the kills I needed to be able to secure that objective. 19 models to 8. And yeah, hats off to him. He played really well. He got some really cool creative tremors off. I, it's one of those things, um, I have to say, with Brogear, is it's, it's, it's so nerve-wracking when you're up against a Brogear and you see them get this tremor line off. And you look at it and go, this is going to hit seven models, or this is going to hit eight models, or, or something ridiculous like that if you roll high enough. And this was one of those games where Brogear got his spells off, but rolled a one on the distance and killed two models. And... That was kind of the story for a lot of the Brogears this tournament, was they were just, for me at least, they were rolling really low. And it always comes back to me to why I took, I, I tend to prefer the uh, Dragonite over the, um, uh, and Rotabi over Brogear, is because they're a tiny bit more reliable than the Tremor. Not to say the Tremor is great, but some of the combos you can do, particularly with the Palakon not being able to knock down, you know, Tremor into combat, some of the Palakon can just free hit everything and just smack everything down. Uh, but I was really, really lucky that some of these Tremors just didn't go gangbusters and just demolish six six models. Because in that last turn, when that second to last turn, when that Brogy got that Tremor off, if he had a roll to five or a six, my front line was crumpled. And as it happened, the two models that he did kill were the two models right in front of Muscar, so Muscar got charged, but luckily I had the might point for a defense. But yeah, absolutely banger of a game. Michael was the most gentleman of a player I have ever met. He was so clear, so concise, and was so willing to work with his opponent to figure out whether things were possible or not. And it was absolutely lovely. I, I have to have to say, if if I had to pick an opponent I enjoyed playing the most, Michael was that opponent. He was clever, he was creative, he looked for opportunities, never stopped playing hard, and was so, so wonderful, so fun to talk to throughout the course of the game. And hats off to him. So I did manage to get the win in the end. Got the 6-0 in the Masters. So yes, I ran it back. I got the championship again. And I am so stoked. Uh, I, I, am, I cannot believe that on my... Around the world trip, all the practice I put in over the weeks and months leading up to this tournament all paid off and I managed to get it. I got a bit lucky that I managed to dodge uh, the other Assault and Warfare Warrior list and I got lucky I dodged uh, Evan's Minas Tirith because uh, I think Evan uh, could have really made a mess of me. And I think the other Assault and Warfare Warrior army could have really made a mess of me. But, you know, I have my other challenges, uh, as we know, with the Sea Surprise game and the Contest of Champions against the Pizza Dog Door. I mean, I still don't know how I managed to pull me out of that. But... End of the day, I got the 6-0, so very happy there, and uh, I'm just going to leave it here. Oh, wait, no, I'm not going to leave it here. You know what? I'm actually going to talk about my Chaos and Arda game, an absolutely wild Chaos and Arda game, where I took all beasts, all beasts with Drizag and Ashrax for some, you know, shenanigans and support, and this was just a weird game of just kind of having everyone target me and stuff, uh, which was fair. I mean, I did just come off this crazy win but it was really funny as they were like targeting me in that towards the end of the game when I thought they when they thought I was done um they kind of backed off a bit and started fighting each other and I'm like well I'm still gonna bat and drizzag around 
whatever, ran around, and then someone played a card in the Chaos and Arda that allowed models to get trapped, even if they weren't trapped. Every model counted as trapped. I flew a bat in a Gandalf, and I had a card that says if you kill a hero with a named piece of war, you get D3 victory points. And I had another one, which is if you kill the enemy leader, you get a victory point. And I had another one, which was if I killed a model and held the uh, a, a particular objective, the Gandalf happened to be near, I got another victory point. And I went in, enraged fighter, uh, sorry, enraged bat into Gandalf, won the combat, did five wounds, Gandalf passed all his fate rolls and denied me five victory points, costing me the Chaos Sonata game. So that was just, it was absolutely wild. It was, it was such a wacky game, but we also had Arva Dewey rolling four ones to come back on the board from Maelstrom and just couldn't do anything. Uh, we had other shenanigans like Ashrak sacking himself for a VP, paralyzing Gimli, and then Boromir coming over and trying to like wailing on Gimli for like two, three turns, trying to kill him and just failing to kill him. Uh, so yeah, we had some crazy stuff. Uh, my opponent did me a favor. He played a card that reduced the fight value of all models over uh, five uh, by three and raised the fight value of all my models four or less up by three. So I got higher fight than Glorfindel for a turn. I was able to like go in with Muscar and some bat uh, spiders and just one shot uh, Glorfindel, take off his head. So yeah, just a lot of fun. Chaos Sonata is absolutely great. I was up against uh, Nikolai and Filippo uh, and Filippo, I think from Italy. I'm gonna go with Italy. Maybe it's my maybe it might be a France or a Germany. But at the end of the day, it was absolutely great. I got a bunch of signatures for my dice tray, so I'm looking forward to keep filling those out. But aside from that, I'm gonna leave you all there because I need to go down, uh, celebrate, meet up with some friends down in the uh, bar. Uh, so without further ado, I'm gonna leave you there and traps win games. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.